He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Hey, Slick Talkers. Welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and this episode is a special broadcast for any of you who may or may not have been able to attend our discussion at VRMA. I was able to moderate a panel discussion with Brandy Canali, Andrew Kitchell, Luca Zambello, and Ella Metaborski. If you don't know those names, Andrew is with Wheelhouse, Brandy is with Sextant Stays, Luca is with Journey, and of course Ella is with Autohost, and they have all been guests on this podcast at least once. So in this panel, we were discussing the conversation and topic of all-in-one tech solutions or specialized tech stacks for vacation rental managers. Now, this was a fun conversation and it definitely gets your wheels turning on your own tech stack. And to be honest, we had no real answer for any of the audience or even you as the listeners, because guess what? The answer really comes down to it depends on your business and what you want to achieve with your vacation rental management company. Whether you want 10 properties, 100 properties, or 1,000 properties, an all-in-one solution or a specialized tech stack may or may not be the route to go. So in this episode, we cover that and why there are certain factors you need to keep in account as you discover more and more about what you want your business to be. For any of you professional managers out there already operating and growing at great scale, this might be an interesting conversation for you. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and it brings some sort of insight in any shape or form. And I just got to say thank you so much to Andrew, Brandy, Luca, and Ella for taking the time to not only to do this once at Vegas for VRMA, but also to re-record and rehash the whole conversation over again on a recording. You guys are amazing. And now back to the episode. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. Okay, I know I said we'll get right back to the episode, but I have to say a special thank you to all of our sponsors. In this episode, we're going to discuss specialized solutions or all-in-one technology for your vacation rental business. And I'm a big believer in the big five. And right now I'm about to list three of them, and they're all sponsors of this show. Hostfully, Minute, and Safely. I personally believe having a strong property management software like Hostfully that connects with all the right other technologies that you need is key. And you're going to hear about this when we talk about the annual hospitality report that Hostfully does every year, where I actually just had David Jacoby and Fred Basili on the show for the third time to discuss their findings from their survey and their report. So this Friday, coming out, you'll hear it, a bonus episode just for you. Now, Minute, let's discuss noise and occupancy monitoring. Minute is the solution. Not only do they detect noise, but they can tell when there is movement in the property when there really shouldn't be. Your property is vacant and all of a sudden the motion detector goes off. That's a big sign that something could be wrong or happening in your property that shouldn't. And guess what? 
in order to protect your property. For every reservation that comes through to your properties, Safely is the only insurance product and technology that you need in order to protect yourself, your guests, and of course your owners. Again, I'm a big believer in these solutions. So if you don't believe me, check out the show notes for your special offers and discounts just for you Slick Talk listeners. All right, as promised, back to the episode in three, two, one. All right, we are back on a very special episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. If you're watching the live version, you're going to see four other faces on camera with me, and this is very rare for me to do, but we had such a great time hanging out together at the VRMA conference talking about the discussion that we're about to have today. We're going to give you some highlights. So I'm going to let uh, my amazing friends and guests introduce themselves. So I'm going to start with Brandy Canale, who should be no stranger to the show. But if you haven't heard her name or if Sexton stays, I'm going to let Brandy kick it out from here. Well, that was a great intro. I'm Brandy. I'm the CEO of Sexton Stays. We're an operator headquartered in Miami. Um, and yeah, I've been on here a couple of times. So excited to, to talk with everybody again. Definitely not a stranger. Ella, how <laughs> are we doing today? I'll let you introduce yourself. We're good. It started snowing. So my name is Ella Mijiborski. I'm the co-founder and president um, here at Autohost. Um, and uh, what we do at Autohost is a guest screening and automation platform. So we work with hospitality providers and operators um, from short-term rentals, hotels, and so on to really automate um, the risk analysis and the guest screening process, ID verification, security deposits, background checks when needed. We have a whole fraud, uh, fraud um, part of the platform, fighting chargebacks, so kind of that, um, that fun stuff part of things. All the stuff that no one likes to deal with as a property manager or host. Very much. Uh, awesome. Well, Andrew Kitchell, how are we doing? Doing great. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew from Wheelhouse. Uh, Wheelhouse is a revenue management software. We work with hosts and owners and large portfolios and folks like Journey and Lucas. Awesome. Uh, so I'll hand it right over to you, Luke. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, thanks for, for having me here. I'm Luca, CEO of Journey. Um, Journey is an interconnectivity platform. Uh, we, we work on building a pre-built tech stack, uh, putting together best in class service providers in the industry and making it work as a single system. I love it. And the fun way that we kicked this panel off, uh, at VRMA, which was, I think a great way to start off this episode as well, where we're not just a bunch of tech people on a podcaster. Uh, we're actually all have been operators in some shape or form, whether uh, Brandy, currently an operator now, but then Ella, Andrew, and both Luca and even myself have been or are operators through vacation rentals and hotels. So um, it's it's not just a bunch of tech people telling operators what to do and then Brandy being like, well, actually, you're all <laughs> wrong. Uh, it's actually a bunch of us who have had actual hands and boots on the ground uh, experience. So I think that was a great tone to set off everything. Uh, so going back into the panel, we had uh, a discussion around specialized technology versus all-in-one solutions. And there is a unique way to understand all-in-one solutions. They could have built everything they wanted from revenue management to an auto host to a block solution to this, to that. Or they could be like a journey, which we'll love to let Luca maybe key this off where it's understanding, connecting the specialized solutions to one platform for the user rather than building everything yourself. 
So actually, Luca, I'll let you kick off on that note because I think for anyone who maybe attended VRMA, did see our session, may not have understood that. So kind of explain to us what you guys do and why you're going the route that you guys are going because Journey is the first time or the first enter player uh, for this type of solution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, it helps the fact that I've been basically in the property management for almost 10 years. Um, And one of the things that that I've noticed is that um, really there's nothing that glues different tech stacks together. I mean, you have, like you said, they're all in one solutions or you have uh, PMS solutions where uh, they have kind of like a marketplace. You have to choose different different you have to choose your own tech stack and try to make it work together but really what's missing out of out of this is the interconnectivity of these tools so one tool doesn't work with one another and it doesn't work as a single system um and so really what we realized that um all the major bigger big management companies they were trying to compensate that by um investing money and trying to create automations and interconnectivity on their own and investing a lot of money on top of existing pmss and so because of that, we, we realized there was actually a massive gap in the, in the industry. And so we decided to invest a lot of resources on, on building a platform that just does that. Right. And so journey's job is to be on top of it, on top of who are the best in class for each service, like for pricing who was the best in class for guest restrictions was the best in class, but so same for access control system, hardware. Uh, and so choose really what, what, what are channel management, choose all the di- these different solutions and choose one pair category outside from the hardware side that we integrate with multiple different hardware and really glue it together and make it look like it's a single dashboard and it's a single platform and, and one single membership that, that you need um, and make it work like, like, a, like a single system, right? And versus like multiple different systems that don't talk with one another. Uh, and I love that because there. I think as all of us have been operators, uh, there's so many logins, there's so many dashboards, there's so many, uh, I guess, like finger pointing that happens when your, you know, solutions don't connect or don't work. So um, the the main question that we posed for everyone in the audience was, how do you decide what to do? How do you decide what tech stack to build or what all-in-one solution to start with that connects to the best of the best? Um, and so I think our answer to that question was it depends like it's not like uh there is no right answer it really depends on your market on your operation your business model um so i'm gonna actually send it off to now brandy to kind of dive into you know i guess maybe some highlights that you took away from the panel maybe that was discussed through us or maybe after the q a um with the people in the audience because um i think we found out very quickly that the answer was very much so it depends. <laughs> yeah. So I think one of the big determining factors is how big you are right now and kind of what your projected growth over the next, like, say, two years is. Because if you're small and you have five to maybe 20 properties or units, that's a very different need, like instead of needs that and, and financial ability that you have to kind of compile this tech stack. So I think it's being honest about what your growth targets are and then looking forward so when you're interviewing, which you definitely should be doing when you're choosing, um, you know, if you're choosing a revenue management software, you should be interviewing everyone, asking a lot of questions. Same thing with your PMS or guest screening or whatever it is. 
Um, so really making sure that you have, um, you know, kind of all of your interview questions set up ahead of time, knowing what your growth targets are and what maybe some of the pain points that you're experiencing now and how those can evolve. And then I also think one of the things that people have to be comfortable with is change. So you might think, okay, I'm going to go from 20 units to 60 and then you get bigger or maybe you don't grow as much and you have to adapt with the needs of your business. So you might pick one platform or one software, whatever it is right now. And then in a couple of years, you might have to change that. So I think in our industry, especially for people who have been in the industry for a long time, they pick a PMS, for example, and then just like that's it for, you know, in perpetuity. And I think people have to be a little bit more comfortable with change. And it's a painful process. Um, as I mentioned in the panel, um, I've migrated RPMS four times. I just finished our fourth migration. I hope that's it for a while. Um, but it's because our business has changed so drastically over the last four years. So we've had to say, okay, this is no longer serving us. And if we don't make this change now, it's going to be even more painful in a year or two years. 100%. And uh, I guess a question to pose to Ella and Andrew, since that you guys are specialized in one category of the industry, what makes it super hard for operators to implement their technology or even to decide on what to add into their business or to take away from your experience, either as an operator or as you are hearing from your current customers or potential customers that are joining your platforms? And I think we'll kick off with Ella first. Yeah, so I think when we, when we pose the question of kind of how many tech tools do you need or are you using, the, the answers varied from a very small handful said kind of one or two, and then it went up to three and four, and I think we reached 10 and above. So the point that where the difficulty that we're seeing is really the, the overwhelm in connecting all of those tech tools. So once you get past kind of Brandy's suggestion of, you know, understanding where are your plans? How are you growing? Which tools might you need to be really specialized and deep? And where can you get away with just whatever the PMS offers? Your next question to avoid the difficulty of tech is really how do they all connect together? So the interviews that were suggested are a great way to start. And just understanding that even though you don't have to be a tech expert, understanding how those tools work together. So I always say that to clients we work with that whatever tools we're partnered with, be it your access or your lock or your pricing or your nose monitoring, whatever that is, it's on us and including the PMS, obviously, it's on us, all of our spenders on the back end to make sure that your experience is seamless. So when you're choosing those types of factors and tools, understanding how they work together and whether you're not going to get ping ponged from one to the other, um, I would say is how should be high up on your priority list. Awesome. And Andrew, how about yourself? Anything to add to that? I think that's all great. Yeah. I I think, um, so the value of Journey and the reason we've kind of tilted into a new technology era in the short-term rental space, like Journey basically is saying interconnectivity matters. And back in the day when property management softwares were kind of evolving, you know, some of the major ones 10 years ago, software was a lot simpler in our category. There wasn't digital access. That wasn't really a question. And there weren't a lot of teams working in multiple markets where maybe you needed data tools or revenue management tools. and you know, guest verification was probably less of a priority because a lot of the, the companies who are working in markets were seeing kind of the same families come every single year. Do you really need to verify who's staying with you in that case? Probably not. And now we're in a new world, right? And this actually happened with software companies too. When, um, when people started building software as a service company, SaaS companies, 
they started to have all these tools, Google Analytics. They might have had a Zendesk for customers. They might have had their team working in Airtable. And a company called Segment came along and said, you know what? There's so many interesting softwares that companies are using now. What the world really needs is a way to just stitch that all together. And our category has crossed the point where I now look at at least 13 different categories of software that people in the hospitality space could leverage, at least. And therefore, we've tilted to a time where there's enough great individual softwares that interconnectivity, kind of what, what Ella was saying with Seamless, is really, really important. It's valued, it's valuable in and of itself. And I think that's really interesting and cool. 100%. So Luca, being the connectivity partner, being the one that finds these expert specialized solutions uh, and and being like, I don't know, we've had this discussion on multiple podcasts, whether it's this one or, or others, building middleware sounds maybe easier than building a specialized solution, solution, but you have way more people now to work with in that connected. So when it comes to journey, learning from your operations to then building the tech platform now, what is really involved? Because again, the question still comes down to how do you decide? As an operator, how does Brandy decide based off of her interviews with a property management software or a, or a dynamic pricing solution or an access control? How does she decide whether that's a fit or how does she decide that you guys have connected well enough uh, to bring this experience into one dashboard for, for an operator like yourself? That's kind of the yeah. question so posed. No, definitely. And I think it's a very interesting topic because, again, I think it's something that we all had to uh, deal with. And, and, and really, I tell you how we choose partners for us, because where, where you're building a, a um, where are you utilizing a pre-built tech stack with Journey or you're building your own? I think this is the, like Andrew said, is the way you need to start thinking about it. is these partners, are these partners, the partners you're choosing? allowing for interconnectivity because uh when you're missing that it be it, it's more when you're a small in scale but it becomes massive as you start scaling the business right so what happened is when you have a few unit a handful of units you can have people compensating for those issues but once you start scaling those small issues become bigger and bigger and in the same way it happens if you start scaling your tech stack Using a handful of tools, no problem. You start using 12 different tools. If one doesn't talk to one another, it becomes very, very problematic. Um, and, and as a host, that was my, my biggest issue. Like I was obsessed about automations, obsessed about creating like processes and, and really not having people in between processes because what happened is that people cause mistakes. You need to have people for customer support. You need to have people for the human tax. Uh, part portion of of things in hospitality, but not on uh, making sure that the you know the lock isn't with uh, uh, your your guest verification system, for instance, right? Like you don't want to release your your checking information to guests and it's not being verified, for instance, right? That's example interconnectivity. Uh, pricing tools become can become more efficient if they if they know um, what your true costs are. Um, what what really is your profit versus you're just like uh, uh, your your rough bar, right? So um, that's that's really how I think people need to start looking um, into who to partner with. And I think one more very important factor that again I learned on my scheme is I don't choose partners based on what they do today. I mean, 
that's 60, 70% of my decision, but the other big chunk of it is like what they're going to be tomorrow. And that's more important in my, I, actually I flipped the percentage, it's probably 67% of what they're going to be tomorrow and then 30, 40, what, what, they're, what they are today. Because uh, in the end of the day, you invest a lot of money to start working with these partners. You, you, you really, in the end of the day, put your whole operation around this, op this, this operation and these tools and changing them, it's very expensive. So if you can prevent that because you went with a company that is going to be the future company or the top company in the future. Maybe they're not today. Maybe they're equal good to other companies, but they're going to be the best company in the future. That's, that's, how, that's how we choose partners in journey. Um, and, and that's how I chose partners before uh, being journey when I was an operator. And, and that's the always worked out great for me. I love that. And it actually brings up something kind of unique. Um, I didn't expect to actually kind of bring this up, but Andrew, you recently during um, Hurricane Ian, you, I saw a LinkedIn post uh, where Dennis from Cassiola mentioned, hey, we should create this or we should um, do this type of, I forget what exactly you guys called it, but basically a pricing that adjusts or caps out during a, an emergency situation like that. So that way, yeah, you know, operators aren't price gouging while there's some severe people in need for legit housing. Um, so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, Luca, you just mentioned partnerships. And I think a lot of operators look at tech as you work for me, you do what I tell you to do, and if you don't do it, I'm going to leave, which I've seen that type of attitude very often. And I'm not looking at you, Brandy. I'm looking at somebody else. As, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, I would win with you like points. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, but like when I'm like talking to specific people, whether they have 10 units or maybe 50 units, that's kind of the attitude I've I've heard. And I love the word partnership because I think like Luca, you just said, you're going off of a partner on what they're going to do in the future, right? Not what exactly they're doing today. So if you can find a really good solution with a really good team and say, hey, I'm going to ride this out with you because I know where you're going to be. Um, I think a lot of people underestimate that type of value in partnership because it is expensive as brandy can attest it's probably very expensive to switch all these softwares and to, to implement new stuff so andrew when you guys are working with people from operations to the team internally that how how does partnership play a role and does that change the outcome with your your customers as they realize it's not hey do this for me or i'm leaving it's a hey let's work on this together and build a solution that becomes encompassing of what we want the future to look like for our operation. Yeah, I look, I think um, we almost got taught a lesson. I always talk about this about 12 months ago. And it was this kind of funny moment where we actually we won an we won an award for making our platform fully transparent and publishing our research. And we had a lot of nice operators walk up to us and say, we still don't want what you built. And I said, great. Uh, well, why don't we sit down together and talk about what you want? Um, I would say customers control 80% of our roadmap, 80%. Um, the other 20% is are things that we try to listen to customers uh, and, and hear their problems, hopefully through the lens of like, okay, you're telling me a little bit about revenue management, a little bit about pricing, but sometimes there's other problems that emerge. And there's about 20% of our roadmap where we think there's a fundamentally different way to do revenue management that uh, Wheel has is just starting to get, we're just starting to execute on it now. But, you know, Brandy and other people who use our software, they push us. Um, 
I actually really, I like it when customers push us because it means they know our platform well enough to know the edges of where we have not yet built technology to solve problems. So I would say, well, don't know if I'm answering your question 100%, but I think the partnership with customers, like I actually, I, I would disagree a little bit in, in saying that like right now, most of what we build is not what we necessarily want is really what customers, the largest customers are pushing us to build for them and their teams. And I think that's very healthy. So go ahead, Ella. I think Andrew was trying, like Andrew answered your question. But he ended up also answering the underlying question of this entire discussion. So if you just listen to these two minutes of what he says and how they work and how they listen, that is the bottom line of when and at which stage in your growth do you choose to go with a specialized solution. So when we're talking all-in-one platforms, you're kind of comparing width versus depth. And an all-in-one platform that would like to offer a little bit of everything, I think, is an excellent starting point for an operator that if you have three properties, I mean, you don't necessarily need um, a crazy algorithm. You should just start with some be it pricing or screening or doors or noise or just wh whatever tools are out there. You should start with the basics and just see yeah. where do you need depth? Where are you doing things ineffectively or inefficiently? And so the value of then, and, and I mean, cost came up during our talk and we can address that. The value of where you're going to start weighing, does the cost, like, is, is the cost and benefit, do they balance each other out? And am I seeing enough from it is really where you need that level, that level of expertise and depth. So an all-in-one solution should offer a little bit of everything. And that should be your way to dip your toes and see whether you need that, whether that is where you could use more expertise. And then as you go to the next level, you should be having in the, in the other side of that conversation, a team like Andrews that comes and says, well, what do you need to see? Or how would you like to improve? And what are your business goals? And what are your strategy? And how can we align our roadmap? and expertise and building in that direction. I think that was really answering the, the fundamental umbrella question of all of this. 100% and Brandy also had your hand up, so I'm gonna let you go here. <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of disagree a little bit with choosing a partner if they don't like for what they're going to become. I definitely think that you should look, you know, you want partners that are constantly growing and investing in themselves and research and building out a better product. But I would say if there's a feature that is incredibly important to you and they don't have it and it's going to be released, it's on the roadmap, it's, you know, for next quarter or, you know, I would be very hesitant to sign on with someone if, it, if that feature is actually something I really, really like a, a need to have, not a nice to have um, from personal experience that's happened before where there was, um, you know, a feature that was essential to what we really needed to to have and it was promised by the time we were finished onboarding it was going to be there and it wasn't there for another year so i think that it kind of you know absolutely i think choosing these partners that are uh, forward thinking and investing in themselves and listening to their customers and are working on being a better version of themselves is important but you have to make sure that when you're paying for a product and you're onboarding now that they have the main thing like they're solving the main problem that you have in that moment yeah, and I really love the kind of mention of being like making sure you're taking care of the basics first. Like I think that's one thing um, a lot of as we talk about scale, a lot of operators forget. So right, it's like all right, what are the basics of what I'm doing? It's providing a really good product and good solution experience from the home standpoint. So then when you too focus too much on the tech, I think sometimes pieces of the home get missed or the apartment or the whatever it might be type of inventory type. So like 
at the first beginning piece, you should be focusing on just making sure the guests can get in reliably and without issue and headache uh, and making sure that you're also taking care of the property from like noise or parties and stuff like that. And then as you're building out and then you have, let's say you go from 20 reservations a month to 100 reservations a month or a thousand, someone like auto host is super important because that's a lot of people to uh, to look at on a screen, whether it's Airbnb or Verbo or whatever type of platform you're coming from. Um, so yeah, I think the basics part is really important as well. Um, go ahead, Andrew. I see you're, I see you're yeah. ready. I just want to double down on like, I, I really think philosophically, and actually, Will, could, I want to see everyone's faces. I want to disagree on yeah. this. Well. I want to disagree yeah. on maybe. I'm, so I think interconnectivity is a like defining era of the future. And the reason for that, like, Brandy, if you if you're in one property management software and you're kind of in a walled garden, right, where you can access the things they let you access, if Wheelhouse isn't connected, if another company isn't connected, you can't access them necessarily. You might have to build your own tech solution to access that technology. So sometimes when you're choosing a property management software, you're really choosing a walled garden, whether you know it or not. And I don't think that's a safe place to be. So say you decide to change your walled garden. Well, now your team, your entire team needs to learn an entirely new set, entirely new property management software. And that is the biggest hidden cost to a software decision is you might not be future-proofed at all. You might have a super brittle organization where you're like, God, this problem has been solved for a year and we can't do anything about it because it's more expensive to change. And that's where this whole idea of interconnectivity as a fundamental principle of how software should be designed is really like, hey, we can pull out our revenue management software and we can switch in price labs. We can pull out, you know, our ops software and switch, you know, we might want to toggle between a couple of different operation softwares or maybe how you do, how you look at data or whatever, whatever it may be. The notion of building yourself into a, uh, or, or starting with a system where interconnectivity is the foundation and is the guiding philosophy is, I think, a way safer and less brittle way to build a scalable organization. And I sometimes look at the current PMSs as I got, well, they just started adding things on as software in our space became more complex. Interconnectivity, no, some PMSs are actually really good at interconnectivity. I'm not saying they're all like, they're, they're not, but like, I think software is getting so specialized. It's so important to work with a team who really knows the ins and outs of their particular problem they're trying to solve for you that like, I don't think you want to put yourself in a walled garden. I think interconnectivity and understanding any property, kind of your center point, property management software, how they think about interconnectivity is a really important thing for everyone to to grill their potential software partners on. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that like, but that's also one of the more difficult parts about choosing your software partner, because I think unless you're going to conferences like Verma and you're getting kind of the behind the scenes like gossip, if you will, or like how, you know, learning how different vendors actually work together, you're not yeah. really getting the full story because you might, and that's what I, I don't really know what the answer, like how to solve for that really, because you might be talking to an, um, a vendor and they're like, oh yeah, you know, we work really well with all these people. And then you find out that like, they don't, they're not great at, you know, like connecting with them is very difficult. So some vendors choose not to, and you know, things like that. And I don't know yet if there's a great way to really get that information because obviously no platform is going to be saying like, oh, no, we don't. We make it very difficult for new vendors to join our space. So I think that's, I mean, that's been 
a challenge for us over the last six years is finding out like who actually is a good partner to work with. And that's just something that you kind of gain over time. Luca. A couple ways to evaluate yeah, that. No, right? Go, go ahead. ahead. Luca, go for it. Yeah, no, sorry. I, I, I just want to say because like it, it's a hundred. I, I tell you exactly how I feel. And obviously I'm biased because I decided to create Journey specifically because I had that pain point, right? Like I was so frustrated with the current ecosystem and just like it was so hard to make things work well with one another. And my strong belief is that the future of the industry is going to be built by a vertical expert. And you're going to have different interconnectivity platforms. So I think Journey is the first, but it's more, definitely not going to be the last. And that's what the future is going to be, is going to be to choose uh, the best interconnectivity platform in the future. Maybe not today, right? Maybe maybe the, we're, we're not 100% there yet. I do, I think we are, but, but I, for some people, maybe we are, right? But I think in the future is going to be um, really choosing who is the one that pre-deals the best tech stack already pre-built because it's not, I don't think it's sustainable for an operator to literally have basically now having to have, now you see the best operators all have CTOs, developers, like I'm like, are we in hospitality or are we in technology? That's not sustainable. Like it, it, it's the same concept of going to buy a car and then they're going to just show you a bunch of vendors and they're going to be like, choose the best ones, put them together, hire an engineer, put it together, and then you can drive your car. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like we are asking everybody to become ex technical experts on building tools. I don't think that's, that's sustainable. I think that is going to change. And I think what the interest is going to be is going to be built by best in class of specific verticals and then tools that they allow you to put them seamlessly together and potentially having pre those tax like being pre-built already and meant to be working with one another, right? Like you go in a car, each component in that car is meant to be working with one another. You build a tax stack on top of a PMS, it's not meant to be working together. I promise you that. <laughs> I, you say when you switch four PMSs, I switched five. Oh, wow. Okay. You're the first person that's beat me. <laughs> yes. Like it's, and why? Because I was scrambling on trying to, to figure out this, like ultimate solution for my business, because I'm like, I'm not going to scale into thousands of units unless I know that my backbones is not going to collapse. And I never had that comfort level to the point that I, I had to go so deep on building that tech stack. Then I said, okay, now I'm more of a technology company than, than an operator. Let's just become a tech company. Right. So, but that's a problem. That's an industry issue. That and the average operator should not do that. Right. Yeah, I said the average operator should not do that. So, I mean, like, it's true. The journey really reached that point and, and many tools out there started as operators and found that need. But yes, the, the journey uh, that you guys went through is something that, you know, now that there's things in the space. I think operators should have taken advantage of, and I don't think Luke is challenging anybody to start becoming um, a tech expert, but on the contrary, like it's kind of on, on us vendors, if anything, to simplify it so that they don't have to. Well, I, I know Andrew maybe has something to add, but I also want to pose a question then, because whether, again, it could be an early day, brand new host to become a PM, or it could be a PM that's been in the industry for a while and has grown to a, an amazing scale. 
when is too much tech too much tech and then also how do you know what tech to invest into and is it even worth it because there's some solutions that are like do we need all these specialized solutions i don't think we need a review platform but there's review platforms out there i don't think we need that why reviews are becoming outdated because this is my opinion so that you guys can more happily disagree with me but like i feel like reviews are becoming so obsolete now because again a lot of them are fake so many people can whip up a listing have their friends do a review or book a one dollar stay with them and leave a five-star review and the place could be trash so like is that something i would invest in no i wouldn't as an operator but um i don't know i guess my question is like how do is there too many specialized solutions that maybe aren't needed for the industry I, who, Brandy, you want to fire away first? No, go ahead. Go ahead. So every software you choose should be a profit or saving center. Otherwise, don't use it, right? If it's a cost center for you, there's no reason you use software. Software is fundamentally designed to make us more scalable as a team or as an individual, right? It has, like, if you're, if you felt like you're paying more for Wheelhouse than you got, turn us off immediately. Immediately. Why would you do that? Right. So like every single software out there, I think creates value. And I guess we'll like, I just want to name and, and group here. Here's my list of categories of software in this space. Okay. Property management software, revenue management software, distribution and channel management, operation software, data, like key data, transparent, et cetera, communication software, IOT software, ancillary revenue software. Furniture, fixtures, and equipment. How do you manage all the supplies and furniture in your space? Accounting software, insurance, investment, and underwriting new deals, ranking, search rank, direct, people who are booking direct. That's minimum, probably at least 13 categories of software that I would argue every team at scale will eventually invest in. Me and Brandy think that the channel management should become part of the PMS. The PMS and a channel manager should never have to be separate, in my opinion, either. Okay, and, that's and I argue revenue management might want to tie in there too. And then yeah. you want to get ancillary and guest comps in there, yes. But do you want one team building all those things? Because if, if you do and you have a problem, put the problem in line behind the 13 other things that they need to service. That's, that's the interesting part of this. Software is everywhere. Yeah, I um, I think the the one thing I want to see combined more than anything is the distribution channeled management into your PMS. And I think you're seeing that more and more. But that to me is like one of the big, like, that's an easy thing to combine. But I also, I again, I think all of these like questions are different depending on how big you are. Because if you are smaller, I think you should try to minimize the amount of money that you're spending on all of your services. And maybe you can accomplish some of those different types of software. And it might not be exactly what you want, but you can maybe your PMS does a combination of all of those things. But I would say, like, as you get bigger, you want like I think about the kind of nitty gritty, very specific things that we want to accomplish. And right now, unfortunately, we have to go and get like a specialized you know, software to to handle all of that. And I, but I agree with you, Andrew, you, you, if the value, you need to be getting real value from whatever that software is. And I think just adding things on, it does seem to be getting a little, um, a little superfluous in some areas, like having things that are very, very specific, 
But also if you're if you're a larger player and you want to have a review platform that is like incredibly specific and you can get you can then and you can afford it, then that's fine. And I guess that that's that's why they exist. But I think that's another type of software that can roll up into your PMS. I think I my personal opinion is that I would love to see these uh, like have most things be in the PMS and have that be the brain of, you know, the brain of your business. Yeah. Ella. So I. I, I was going to say that I think it, it it does raise an interesting question that some of you touched on when it comes to cost. So Andrew kind of said that, I mean, at the end of the day, you need to be making you money either in the format of actual revenue or saving you money um, and, and other ways. So there's, and I think this also came up with some of my conclusions from, from Verna is that operators on the one hand and vendors on the other hand need to get better at educating on how to assess ROI. So ROI being the return on your investment. So sometimes it's very easy. So you put in 10 bucks, you make 20. That's an easy, supposed no-brainer. But it's not always that simple to look at it this way. And so when operators consider, or, or a brand, a company, you know, the size of Sexton, when you guys are thinking, okay, what kind of partial tools are available through my PNS? And at what level do I want to then go into a specialized? You guys are doing a cost-benefit analysis. So you need to be looking at what will I be gaining and saving, be it from human hours, actual effectiveness, um, reaching next level. Will it help me grow? Will it help me save? Will it automate processes? Does that save me money? Can I do things better? So when you're assessing a tool and say, okay, I can either have it for free through my PMS and it's going to be at 50% quality, or I can pay X for it and it's going to be at 100% quality. That is exactly the maybe the, the internal discussion you should be having as a company and, and vendors should be assisting in it. So I think that when you're assessing a tool, just to add on to what Andrew said, yes, you should be making money from it. But the other two parameters I would add there are really convenience, which is where the automation comes in, and quality. Can a tool do something better than you manually or your current solution for free? And if the answer to those two are yes, and you're able to put an estimated number figure on it, you can justify paying for a tool knowing that it helps your business grow and you'll make more out of it than you're spending on it. Yeah, really good. Uh, I know maybe Andrew and Luca had one, more two, one or two more points to make. And then uh, as maybe anyone who's listening or watching heard all of our calendar notifications go off at once. So we got to wrap that up and then we can, we can go from there. Luca, I'll start because we, I, th- I think you're the one who's premised a really fundamentally different approach to some of this stuff. So the reason, um, so first of all, I agree that when you're a small operator, start with one or a few simple softwares, but you never want to be in a position where you want to enable a teammate or your company to do something and you can't access it, which is why I really do believe that interconnectivity is a fundamental principle of how software should be designed. And I think of my role at Wheelhouse and you'll probably think of your role as leaders is like, our job is to empower teammates to do their best work. And often today that requires software. So therefore, like to set your team up to future-proof your team, to think about like building a non-brittle organization where you're really tied to one platform delivering too much for you, where you can have specialists access the best technologies out there that are moving faster than any one org can, can go. Like it's just, again, to me, there's an inevitability around interconnectivity being like the most important part for PMS. And I, I totally agree, Brandy, your PMS should be the heart. Or you should have a central nervous system and be able to switch out any individual component of it. And I think that's that's how software from we mentioned segment, 
Zapier, which stitches together tons of softwares. All these things are designed to take all the data out there and make it into one holistic system. And I think that's really powerful. And I think Luca and team at Journey are doing something pretty unique that we all need to be paying attention to. Yeah. Now, Luca. Yeah, no, definitely. I, yeah, I think, I think we all brought up like super, super great points. Um, and I think, I think there's like two lessons here from, from, from both sides. One is from wholesale, also from other softwares. And the software is like really listen to your customers better. Um, I mean, and I'm not talking to the people, uh, on this panel because they're, the reason why we chose them as partners is because we, we know that they listen. Right. And we know that they, that they work for the future. And, um, to address even a little bit what, what Brandy said, like, uh, yeah, absolutely. You have to have the basic or, 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 or there's no even reason of, of working with, with that partner. But if you don't know that that partner will listen to you in the future and develop specific things to what you're going to need in the future, it's not going to be a viable partner in the future. You, you just made a perfect example. They promised you something and after one year, they, they haven't delivered. That's not, that's not acceptable, right? Especially when you have a large partner like you. Uh, um, so, so I think, uh, I think there is a lesson to be learned from both sides here and, and even the other software there out there that oftentimes, unfortunately in our industry, they develop software like it's a solid product. Um, you know, the needs are going to change, constantly change. And, um, if you don't listen to your customers, you are going to be left behind. Um, and, and so I think, um, and then the lesson from, I think from, from being a host is uh, to really choose wisely your partners and like interview them, like talk to them, talk to people that have worked with that. Right. Uh, that's, 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 that's really important because at the end of the day, they, they're going to be a partners of yours. Uh, because they're going to enable you to become successful. Well, interview your tech partners, interview your owners, because they're also your partners. So interview everybody. Just start throwing out interviews. Become a podcast host. Interview other <laughs> people. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, this has been a really good conversation. So I, I'm hoping, and I actually know, people listening or watching will have definitely gotten value from this because it is a very high-level view of not just operations, but overall the industry on where it's going, whether it's interconnectivity, whether it's specialized solutions, whether it's softwares that we care for or don't care for that we think maybe exist or shouldn't exist. Um, there's a lot to, you know, to digest and to really understand, like, how does this get better? And it really does come down to the question or answer of, you know, saying, okay, it just depends. <laughs> depends if you're starting out. It depends on what size you're at. It depends on the cost. It depends on the value. It depends on your problems you're trying to solve. So um, thank you guys for doing this. And thank you for also having us as a, a panel during uh, VRMA. It was a lot of fun. Love hanging out with you guys. A uh, bunch of great minds in the industry. So just want to say thank you. And we'll hopefully see you guys again soon. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.